My daughter went into childcare the day she turned six weeks old, which is the legal age back then that you could put your child in daycare. She was the first dropped off at six. She was the last picked up at six at night. And that happened for years. Um, and it wasn't until years later that that, that really, like that took some undoing for me. Now, she'll mm-hmm. never remember that mm-hmm. because, you know, well, yeah. maybe unless she does some super inner child work. That's another yeah. episode. <laughs> but I'll always remember that. Yeah. And that feeling of being that mum that never got to go to the school concerts, didn't see her first day of primary school. Like I missed out on so many moments. I got them with my son because I was at a different stage. They're five years apart. So much can happen in five years. Um, but also... I think I had to do it because without it, I couldn't afford, like, you know, my, yeah. I got a little bit of government support at the time, but childcare was still like $95 a day. Yeah. Working real estate, you only get a retainer. So if you're not selling, you're, mm. you're barely living. Yeah. I was 20, so I was capped anyway with getting another job. I could only earn a certain amount. So it was this perfect storm for what ended up being a 12-year financial disaster. You know, 13 homes in her first 10 years, um, skipping from like one side of Melbourne, like we lived in Somerville, the next house would have to be in Yarraville because I didn't want them doing any reference checking or finding out that I'd skipped and to avoid paying my rent. And it was just, we were on the brink of homelessness so many times. Like, you know, couch surfing is homelessness. So mm. I think people think unless you're living it really rough on the streets that that's what homelessness is. No, yeah. there were so many times where we weren't in a situation that we had stable you know, accommodation. No one's ever lucky. I, mean, I think the only lucky game in life is where you're born and then you make the rest. Stick around. It's going to be a good ride. Hey, something prompted me. I was driving in to listen to our podcast. Oh. You were listening to ours. I was. I just thought I'd check it out. listening to yourself? Uh, well, the, you know, the four people that are on. Yeah, yeah, Not just enough. about me. You're listening yeah. to me. It's about, every, about you, mate. Okay. See you Thanks, at the mate. top. See you at the top. <laughs> See you at the top. <laughs> but there was, we, uh, we spoke about Benny's, um, what was it? 15 oh, year yes, yes. And he said he was going to report back to yes. whether he actually bought something or did something for his lovely wife, Joe. Did he? Well, here we go. Boom, boom, ching. Benny, please tell us. How's the timing, dude? It's not even funny. Couple of silk pillow cases. <laughs> <laughs> You can't claim that. What? What are you no. talking about? <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> nice so this was a few weeks ago. No. 15 year wedding anniversary. <laughs> and you still haven't got a present. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Silk's year four anniversary. Oh, is it year Six, four? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 15. I'm a bit late. 15. 15. No, I genuinely don't. And well, there was nothing unwrapped. So for the people who didn't listen, Benny promised that well, we'll we'll film in the pod on his actual anniversary. It was two o'clock in the afternoon. He goes, "I've got plenty of time to actually buy something for the lovely." Oh, he been thrown under the bus. He didn't yeah. even make her dinner, take her out for dinner, buy a present, massage. You could have even just given a little massage. Oh, I would have done that. Oh, you I can't, well, can't <laughs> confirm. But we don't need to go there. <laughs> well, he's Let hopeless. The team down. You're hopeless, Benny. Seriously. Sorry, she was, was she was she was good. And as luck would have it. Our amazing guest, which I'll introduce yes, in a minute, has brought in, brought in gifts, and you're going to re-gift them. I'm going to repurpose it. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. And I might, I might make a handmade card to go with it. Unbelievable. That's a home run. It's just three weeks home late. Home run. It's only three weeks late. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. All right. <laughs> I thought I got away with that as well. <laughs> I love how you brought that up, Dan. All right, well done, Hollywood. You can nearly clock off today, mate. That's amazing. Can we turn the air con on? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we want it to be hot, mate. We're moving studio, mate. We've cut it off. All right, guys, get into it. 
Welcome back to Australia's number one podcast, guys. We are the Little Fish, and we speak to the big fish about town each and every week. We talk property development, business, mindset, life. We talk about the struggles, bringing you guys as much value as possible. Thanks for listening or viewing. However you're consuming us, make sure you comment, subscribe, all that sort of stuff. Benny's got hoodies on the way for you top performers out there. Spot on. Getting involved. Yeah, drop a comment, thumbs up, like, all that stuff. And the, and the ones that we see that are, what do, we, what do you say, that are high performers, we'll, we'll send out some, when the, when the gear touches down, we'll send it out. Send out some merch. For sure. Right, let's get into today's guest, guys. Who would have thought that a misplaced pillowcase would mark the beginning of a career at the helm of an Aussie retail empire? Today's guest certainly didn't. didn't. With more than 15 years of entrepreneurial success under her belt, She's put all the thoughts of failure to bed, pardon the pun, long ago and has been enjoying a healthy stint as a CEO, entrepreneur, GM, committed philanthropist ever since. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Coming from Cambridge in England, it's fair to say this Brit has bitten off her fair share of success down under. Give it up for the founder of Australia's silkiest sleep, wellness and beauty brand, Shh, silk. Shh, Olivia silk. Carr. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, you Can't believe Benny's going to claim <laughs> the gifts that we've got <laughs> as a present. We'll, we'll just edit that part out. <laughs> really good, really good present. Cracking if present. Uh, if it wasn't a re-gift, but anyway. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Benny just... It's going to be a good home. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. Going to a good home. Yeah. Luxury. <laughs> Tell you what, silk silk pillowcases how, probably never make it into my I was about to say, how would the yeah. silk pillowcases stack up against presents you've bought in the past? Not blow it. Yeah. Chalk and cheese. Well, he doesn't, doesn't buy any by the sound of it. <laughs> Correct. Not any present. <laughs> my only issue is you might be setting a lofty benchmark that you're going to struggle. Anyway, um, you're going to know the website. where is going to be the year. 16. It's the year. It's not about Benny. <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> not let's stop talking about us. Olivia, thanks for coming on. I am happy to be here. Excited. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you've got a crazy journey, like the research we've done. Um, you could even write a book, I reckon. Like mm. you could write four books probably. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but we want to start with you growing up, your childhood, um, out of suburbs of Melbourne, what was it like? You know, what were your passions like? Where were you? Where were your interests? We yeah. just love to hear about where these entrepreneurs, where it starts, and where it all, all sort of furnishes from. Yeah. So, born in Cambridge, um, me and my sister, and moved back to my mum's from Australia. So, moved back um, to Parkdale actually when I was five, um, and then they bought a house in a building estate in Carrum Downs, nice. um, which was very very different back in the 80s. Mm. There was horse paddocks everywhere and we were the first house in the street and it seemed to be a lovely estate. Um, but I used to spend my weekends tadpole fishing, exploring, love nature. I've always loved nature. And then when I wasn't doing that, I was making my own kind of perfume concoctions and selling them to neighbours and <laughs> just selling anything I could from like tiny, tiny age. I don't know if it was the British accent or people would just hand their money over and just the buzz, <laughs> that feeling of like, yeah, it that's where my kind of entrepreneurial journey started without me even realizing. So, oh. and then add in the acting and the dancing and just like, just what a kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I reckon we hear that a lot. You know, these entrepreneurs we get on here, they're from a young age, they'll grab them whatever they could, get their hands on and selling it. Yeah. Um, and trying to make, trying to make bank from a young age. Yeah. And I think for me, like it wasn't even about like buying anything. Cause I really didn't like when you're five and six, you don't really like apart from lollies at the milk bar, 
it was just genuinely the buzz of giving something to someone and them acting as though they loved, you know, the, the, the exchange. It was the mm. whole, like, you've made something of value and, and it made me feel so good. So, yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome. So you wanted to be an actress? I did. The next com- Nicole Kidman? The next Nicole Kidman. I reckon I would have killed it. In my- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I reckon I would have killed it. I'm not kidding. Um, so from the age of 10, I started acting professionally down yes. in um, down in Frankston at the big theatre down there. Um, studied it until I was 19. Left school at 17 to study um, professionally in Queensland and in all honesty was genuinely on my way to Hollywood. Like that was the goal. Uh, Got accepted into NIDA, which is the National Institute of Dramatic Arts, which is where like Mel Gibson, Kate Blanchett, where like it's the pinnacle of, Mm, I don't know if it still is now, this is a long time ago. Um, So got accepted into their summer school and in that same week, uh, got some news that would uh, change my life. So that was my first kind of sliding door moment. Found out I was pregnant. Um, yeah. So I actually, it, it's bizarre because I was such a, like, you know, going to Hollywood was so sure of my life. Um, and literally the second I saw that pregnancy stick, something in me just said, this is it. This is, I'm, I just, I'm having this baby. I didn't have a stable job. I didn't have a stable partner, but I was doing it anyway. And um, I didn't really care what anyone thought at that point. I was obviously in a lot of shock as well but I can't explain it was like this instant thing and I often say now that my daughter found me like my life was supposed to shift I don't know what would have happened I think I don't know how much I'm supposed to say on this podcast but you say it all you say it all yeah Uh, acting for me living out of home no boundaries I was heading down a path of party drugs and I just think I honestly think I would have been a very empty shell of a human if I continued down that path and falling pregnant at that age definitely saved me in that space of growing up. Yeah. yeah. Did it yeah. wake you up? Oh, I did something. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it stopped me in my tracks. It's, yeah. you know, I, I definitely had to stop for a period of time whilst I was pregnant, not to say that then I didn't have a period of, you know, my early twenties where I was still struggling a bit with wanting to go out and trying to be a mum, and I was still a bit lost, but I did find myself one new year's day when I was about 21 and I, I'd maybe partied too much and then I looked at my baby and thought wow I gotta stop and from that day never touched a party drug again and absolutely not an advocate for party drugs whatsoever I'm just telling the truth mm. about my story I mean my daughter's 21 this year and will never and has never touched drugs and I yeah. think the important part there is I've shared so much of my journey Those with lessons, her yeah. that it's it's an, I don't know why they even call it party drugs because it's really not a party when things aren't going well so mm. yeah. yeah yeah but she she gets to learn your lessons yeah yeah and my son who's uh 16 he's like just the most pure form of a a human that he you know doesn't doesn't ever want to touch alcohol and i think i've maybe overshared too much he's like on the other extreme he's like we just don't need it (laughs) yeah did did you ever have a moment like when you found out you were pregnant was there ever even a split second like "I, i don't think i can do this uh, I mean, sure. Like I, my sister actually happened to be in Queensland at the time. So she's three years older than me. Um, and I was on the floor in the fetal position in complete denial, like completely in shock. So it wasn't like I was like, yay, I'm pregnant. It was the complete opposite. But there was just something in me where I was like, you know what? I'm old enough. I got myself into this situation. I have to own this. Like, and I, I'm actually big on ownership. Um, it's probably one of my strongest values. Mm. I'm like, I, I, I got myself into this and I just have to work it out and didn't matter what the dad wanted to do and and I actually did raise her on my own from seven months pregnant um so yeah it 
yeah, it was hard, and but it was never a, it was never a no for me. Yeah, yep. by the by the sounds of it, it it was a real driver as well. Mm. You know that sort of underdog inside you that was like, you know what, people are probably going to think I'm going to battle to do this, and yep. I'd, you know the things I've I've listened and read. It sounds like it it was a, it was a strong driver. Yeah, like I overheard a conversation um, between my grandma, who's now passed. Um, she would have been a hundred this year, um, and my auntie. And I remember one of them saying, "You know, this is it. Her life's over." And I remember that really hurt. Like mm-hmm. that really because. Yeah looking back now as a mum that came from a place of love but hearing it I was like oh they don't think I can do this like it really hurt that I felt um judged I guess and that gave me another drive I was like if that's what they think imagine what other people think you know screw everyone I'm going to prove that I can do this um I think I probably went too far on the extremes of that through my life because I've had to kind of really manage my own expectations of drive and and I suffered burnout and we can get to that Mm. and then I got mental health and we can get to that but it all stemmed from this I've got to prove everyone and then it got to the point when I was probably in my mid-30s where I was like no hang on a second you've you've proved it like slow down kid like now it's time to enjoy it so did did you ever think like go from a point and I know this was sort of my case where I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder as well and I like I went from proving people wrong to proving myself right does that make mm-hmm. sense so it was more of a healthier shift doing it for other people to prove them wrong where it sort of become a bit more internally did that happen for you where you still wanted to prove yeah. it but it wasn't for other people it was to prove to yourself that you could do it yeah so i think now it's it's shifted in the sense that i obviously i'm still super driven mm. um but it's more from a place of inspiring like now i'm driven to inspire and inspiring can actually be slowing down. Inspiring can be walking on the beach every morning and having that lifestyle where, mm. you know, it's, I, I changed my views a few years ago. I used to be all about like the girl boss and hustle hard and now it's less hustle, more flow. Like I live yep. by that now. Um, but that's probably, yeah, I'm now about like inspiring people to be like, hey, you can kill it. You can be the top of your game, but ultimately you can also kill your soul at the same time and, and you need to really find that balance. Um, and luckily... I was forced to find it with uh, anxiety entering my life in 2017. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just trying to think because Benny said he had a chip on his shoulder. I, I had something similar. I had a teacher said I'd never make it in the real world. I know my wife, Danny, who who's, she's been told she what never been good enough. So I wonder, is there something in that where entrepreneur, or I don't want to call myself an entrepreneur, but people who are striving to be things, mm. that's where it starts? Or do you think there's something like, it's a strange one because as you said, it can't. it's probably not healthy. Yeah, I mean... This it works though. Yeah, drive at the start. Might just kickstart something. I think it's um, so. I do like a coaching outside of my normal day job. Yeah, yep. um, business. One of the things, yeah, business, business coaching, life coaching, wellness yep. coaching. Um, it's just my passion. It's not. It's not a money maker. It's yep. I do it because I love it. Um, but one of the things I talk about to that point is it's actually probably like this. It's going to take a bit for you to digest, but it's probably each of us with our own egos. Like mm. it's the ego that's actually. You know, someone challenged your ego by saying you're not going to make it, and that stays with you, and that is the chip, or that is yeah. for me. It was someone saying you're not, you're giving your life up, or then my ego got really attached to, well, screw you, I'm mm. going to prove you wrong. But actually, our ego, like our ego, is usually what drives a lot of the behaviours in us that we are usually doing to prove others, mm. prove things to others, or prove to ourselves even. Yep. And it takes, a, like, ego is always there. Like, I'm constantly working on my own ego. But it's um, one of those things where now I'm like, you know what? It's so much easier for me to just say my truth. Mm. The things I do wrong, the things I can't be bothered doing right anymore because I don't want to continue to drive 
on the back of my ego for having to prove this persona. I mean, the start of our business, we can talk about that. Like I, you know, the fake it till you make it. Like I made this brand look so bloody big. I did some big (laughs) things, but I made it look so huge because one, that's what they tell you in marketing you should do. But ultimately it was fake. It was like, and I felt fake. I felt fraudulent. Like, and I was like, mm. but my ego is like, no, but you've got to be killing it. You've got to go to Chadston every week and buy mm. a new handbag because that's what everyone was doing in 2016 on Instagram. Oh, so like, you were doing stuff like that. So personally, you oh, were yeah, making it look trying, like yeah. it was, yeah, okay. So not just the business that you were trying to make look like no, it was. It was, just, uh, and it just gets all consuming. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and then I just like lost myself completely. And I was like, I don't even like, like, I do like nice things. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm like, I like nice things, but it got to the point where I was buying them to prove. Mm. Mm. I'd made age, yeah. it. Whereas now it's like, truthfully, like when I say walking along the beach in the morning, to me, that is making it. Mm. If you can take time out to do whatever it is, that's the pinnacle of success. It's not buying 15 handbags mm. in a year. And unfortunately, that's what happens on Instagram. It's like this whole comparison. It's And it's everyone's ego trying to compete with everyone. It's mm. just, it's a lot. I think I heard you say somewhere that it, it, it's success. It's not a number or a moment. Mm. And I remember thinking spot on because yeah. when when you first start out, the assumption is that it is yeah. that, that it's that's a number that you're going to get to, or it's a specific moment that you're going to achieve something. But the mm. reality is, it's not the case, right? It's the pro- the process is the destination, mm. and you've got to learn to fall in love with that, and that's that's when you're successful. So it's almost like an inner peace. Would, would you? Yeah, because I think like the same, like when I started, it was like, you know, the, I think there's articles on it, got to get to 50 mil, got to mm. get to five mil, got to get to whatever, like mil, mil, mil. <laughs> yeah. The other problem with that is that like you can get to 50 mil and still not make profit. Like, mm. and that's, that makes you feel like a failure and a fraud. So like add it all to, and, and you're still trying to buy stuff that you can't afford because <laughs> yeah. you're not actually making profit, but your yeah. business is killing it. Like yeah. it's just this whole thing. And thank God I caught myself like year three, year four, plus when COVID came, I, I was forced to, to catch myself. Um, but it's so like for anyone who listens to this, that's got a brand or wants to start a brand or whatever, like one big message that I would want to get through is just don't like, don't fall into that trap of thinking that things equate to success or a number like if you've got money in your bank at the end of the day and you can feed your family you can put them through school or you have enough enough to survive you know with the things that we need not even in excess you're probably killing it more than all the brands that you're looking mm. at online because yeah, if you're fulfilled you're fulfilled right yeah. it doesn't matter what you've got what you've yeah. achieved or whatever like success to everyone like you were saying is different, different. Yeah. You know, it's being fulfilled and waking up each day and being happy and finding purpose and stuff yeah, that's is, an awesome message. is that being true to yourself as well figuring out what your success is yeah because i yeah. feel like with the instagrams and that it might you know people are thinking that someone else's success might be their success and yeah and then it really may not be the case so you just got to be true with yourself yeah and i mean i i talk about instagram a lot because i i started my brand in like the instagram era where all of the big Aussie brands started. So I, I still call us like an Instagram brand. It's where we were found. It's where mm. we were, you know, and I just think that's where you can get lost in that vortex of like, Instagram can be really useful, but it can also be super damaging for your, yeah. your self-esteem and the way you think you have to run your business or your life. And oh, just, I'm here to just say, yeah. just chill out. Just like, it's okay <laughs> to tell people that, you know, it's yeah, hard yeah. And, and that it's not easy and that yeah. maybe you are killing it or you're not killing it. And the fact you're having a go, you're already doing so much more than someone else anyway. So it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think Hamish McLaughlin said comparison is the thief of happiness. So that that was a big one there. But also with ego, I didn't really quite understand ego until I read um, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. That really dives into the ego world. And there's always two of you 
is the real you and the ego you that then the ego you is always trying to take over and try and trying to come to the surface and tell you how good you are and tell the world how good you are it's about understanding that and compressing it a little bit so the little tip out there that's a really good Mm -hmm. book to read dude i'm blown away that a, you know who Eckhart Tolle is, and B, <laughs> that you actually fucking read it. Did you read it or did you listen to it? Wow. I you listened to it. it. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really good podcast with um, Oprah Winfrey. She narrates it with But, but that's But that's spot yeah. on. That, that's the, I've, yeah. I've actually read it or listened to it myself. Yeah, it's cool. cool. It's yeah. a cracker. So when you vacuum, I put it on and listen. <laughs> and I'm all for listening. Like, I'm, listening I'm a too. big audio. Like, I, I have Mol- let's multitask. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. I have a rainbow colored um, bookshelf at work. Like, I love books. But I absolutely am addicted to listening because I just think it. Well, you can be walking, you can be building. That's a good point, isn't it? Yeah. You guys can be driving down, checking out. I don't know your next projects and (laughs) all listening to. I've never even heard of that person, so I'm going to have to go research it myself now. There you go. Yeah. Good one. You're right. Ego is um, ego is a big one, and one of the stories we're going to talk about today. I'm sure we're going to talk about in Hollywood. Um, you know, there's elements of that that were driven by my ego. I just didn't realize it at the time. And not to say that, that and that's not necessarily a bad thing because ego can drive you. It can make you take risks. Um, it's just making sure that you're doing it for the right reason, not because I, you know, I'm not doing something because I want you guys to like me. It's because yeah. ultimately like so what being you aware said, of it, yeah. it makes mm. me feel good first. And if it makes me feel good, cool, you guys yeah, like that's it. That's secondary. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Olivia, so. can we... Uh, can we go to you're in the corporate world for a bit? Yeah. And it didn't that really sucked. it didn't really agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> Definitely didn't. So that didn't agree with you because a lot of people are in the corporate world. Mm. People are sort of nine to five job, doing those job. jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. We've got Do a job. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? Because I heard you talk about that there is a fair bit on the other side, but yep. you know, on the other side of fear. Benny, you got that oh, quote? I've got that quote. That was a cracker of the, another quote mm. I, I heard you uh, say, which freedom is on the other side of fear which is to your point what you were just mm. talking about to the people at home that or the in the cubicle or stuck in the cubicle or, or behind the hoarding mm. that's that's the one yeah that's the one like the, if you you know freedom is on the other side of fear and freedom is essentially success right yeah where you get to do what you want to do in or you know by you know by your own rules sort of thing mm. so yeah awesome and this is okay this is where my ego still is attached to me like <laughs> there is nothing better than me now having a brand where i know people from my corporate world who didn't who didn't listen to my ideas in meetings or who always shut me down uh, or made me small i'm like mm. look at me now yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know that idea i told you about well i'm doing it yeah, that's working. Yeah, yeah. um so that's yeah that, that's that hit, hit you up yeah, yeah. some pillowcases yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway uh so getting out of that was a good uh a good fit for you yeah, so I think, look, corporate is a really great training ground. Mm. Um, you know, and for those, again, having a 21-year-old, I would be a strong advocate. She's worked for me since she was 14. I would still be a strong advocate for her to get, you know, get some experience in the corporate world, whether it's one of the big fours, she's doing accounting. So I think it's the fundamentals. You learn the fundamentals of business. And if, like me, you didn't finish school and you didn't go to uni because you were doing other things, it can be a really good place to learn structure. Um, being such an entrepreneurial, such a creative, often I have to realise that, hang on a second, without that structure, it's chaos. Mm. It's chaos, it's expensive, it's not profit-making. Whereas if you can go into a corporate role of any type, even if you're the most junior person in there, but you go in with like your learning hat on and you just absorb everything around you from the most senior person, like just try and take it all in, 
think where I went wrong is I went in and I wanted to climb so quickly. Like I wanted to just, I didn't take it as a true training opportunity. I took it as I'm here to climb that corporate ladder. I'm here to break the glass ceilings. I'm here mm. to be the female powerhouse. That's that's way too aggressive. Yeah. Um, and that's where you can do that in your own business. But when you are working in a corporate, everyone, there's a pecking order and there's a timeline and there's hierarchies and you have Friction. to respect that. Yeah. And it just didn't work for me. So yep. I just had, I had to jump. I mean, if I didn't jump, I was going to get booted. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you left the corporate space and you're going to do something for yourself. Yeah. So, uh, well, early on, so I had a little bit of a go in real estate actually down in Frankston, okay. um, selling real estate on Oliver's Hill, which I actually loved when I was in my early twenties. Um, I didn't love the, the hours involved, but I loved the sales experience, like mm. door knocking and just, the, that's where that was Full a hustle, hustle yep. a hustle um that i really thrived on but obviously having a young baby at the time it wasn't conducive to, to raising kids so i yep. had to get out of that was it, sorry was the market good then or was it sort of bad like just trying to understand yeah well from memory we used to charge like six percent for commission and now it's about 1.5 so, so okay so the market was, was harder yeah, yeah it was, a lot harder. um but if you got one job it would kind of you could get through um but i've got friends that are still in it now and they're killing it so mm. but after that i actually did have my first go at my first business and i did that for four years and it was that's where my acting i finally got to live out my acting <laughs> dream um to kindergarten kids uh, and primary school kids so i had a business called shows for kids and it was right at the time when social media was just starting to become a thing um healthy eating was just starting to change in canteens and i was like right you know i have a, a you know, a little child, I understand what's going on in the world. I'm going to put on these educational shows and I'm going to go to schools and I'm going to teach kids about healthy eating and I'm mm. going to teach them about anti-bullying online and all this sort of stuff. Did that for four years, um, won the Young Entrepreneur of the Year in, I think, 2007 when I was still young. Mm. Um, but again, this is where that lack of structure, I didn't understand. I knew how to create the songs. I knew how to do the costumes. I knew how to tour book the bookings i didn't really understand the fundamentals behind of how to scale how to franchise so i completely burned out yeah. didn't even sell the business that had repeat oh, wow. like i look at it now and i'm like oh that was gold like it was mm. so scalable yeah, yeah. didn't know anything about franchising so just closed it um went and worked in uh the charity world for a while actually which was super fulfilling yeah um then went into a general manager's role for bonds and sheridan and that was like that's where i put my training hat on yeah. For a time. And then that's when I finally jumped and said, I'm doing my own thing. How did you do all this whilst raising raising your little girl? Mm. Because yeah, like I look at what my wife does and yeah. um and you know, she's got support and that sort of thing. She does an awesome job. But to do that hustle by yourself sounds like a bit of a mountain. Yeah, I know, and I've just skipped like the real the real darkness of the story. So uh, it was oh, that's, tough. That, that's why I took you back. Yeah, there. it was yeah. tough. So um, I mean, to all those mums out there that, you know, have little ones at home and they're really struggling with how to balance it all, I just think first and foremost, if you're in a position where you can actually be at home with your little ones, please be so grateful for that because as challenging as it is, um, I came from a place where, you know, I was on my own. I didn't have a lot of money. I was super young. My daughter went into childcare the day she turned six weeks old, which is the legal age back then that you could put your child in daycare. She was the first dropped off at six. She was the last picked up at six at night. And that happened for years. Um, and it wasn't until years later that that, that really, like that took some undoing for me. Now she'll mm -hmm. never remember that because, you know, 
Yeah. Maybe unless she does some super inner child work. That's another yeah. <laughs> But I'll always remember that. Yeah. And that feeling of being that mum that never got to go to the school concerts, didn't see her first day of primary school. Like I missed out on so many moments. I got them with my son because I was at a different stage. They're five years apart. So much can happen in five years. Um, but also... I think I had to do it because without it, I couldn't afford, like, you know, my, yeah. I got a little bit of government support at the time, but childcare was still like $95 a day. Yeah. Working real estate, you only get a retainer. So if you're not selling, you're, mm. you're barely living. Yeah. I was 20, so I was capped anyway with getting another job. I could only earn a certain amount. So it was this perfect storm for what ended up being a 12-year financial disaster. You know, 13 homes in her first 10 years, um, skipping from like one side of Melbourne, like we lived in Somerville, the next house would have to be in Yarraville because I didn't want them doing any reference checking or finding out that I'd skipped and to avoid paying my rent. And it was just, we were on the brink of homelessness so many times. Like, you know, couch surfing is homelessness. So mm. I think people think unless you're living it really rough on the streets that that's what homelessness is. No, yeah. there were so many times where we weren't in a situation that we had stable you know, accommodation. And I just managed to always scrape through whether that be, I mean, Kerry Ann Kennelly is famous to me for this. She had me on live TV and really went me for an article that talked about me shoplifting um, formula when she was young. And I thought, wow, I'm not a thief and I'm not advocating, you know, God, I've done some, I have had a life, like I've done things that mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I wouldn't advocate for now. Yeah. But I did that because it was either steal the baby food or don't actually pay rent at all. Yeah. Um, and when you're when you're literally faced with, you know, there's three things you need Survival. in life. It's yeah, it's you know, you need love, you need housing, you need food. Well, I had to get it, and that mm. was the means in which I got it. And I'm not proud of that. Um, but there's so many people who you know are going through situations, and I just think others are so quick to judge. Yeah. I did what I what I had to do, mm. and and it was a bloody tough. It, it was about 12 years in total that it took me to really get myself because I did some- But the resilience yes. that you, you would have Ugh. built over those years, that resilience, you can just feel it like just listening to you tell your story. Yeah. You just can't get that anywhere. And that's resilience, I would argue, is what's carried you through now. Yeah. And we'll go into the stories of how the business came about and how you got it out there and stuff. And that just sounds like constant, just getting up, yeah. getting knocked down and getting back up again. For 12 years. For 12 years, 12 man, years. that's wild. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nearly went to prison. I don't know if yeah. you saw that. Um, CityLink came out somewhere in my 20s. CityLink is a pain in the ass. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. We're gonna pay them. Oh, mm. God. Um, and back in the day, like again, in real estate, I and down in Frankston, like it was really challenging. And I look back and I'm like, okay, don't make excuses. I'm all about accountability. Should have found another way. But reality was, you know, I, I didn't have the luxury of time back then. I had to be in certain places. And these bloody $6 bills turned into, you know, $300 yeah. police mm -hmm. warrants. And I ended up having over 200 warrants my arrest at, at my peak just before I was 30 that were killing me from my early 20s because they come for you. And then there was that one day where I had to go to the magistrate's court. I rang my dad and I, that was my, this is my lowest day of my life was that day. I'll remember it. And I thought, here I am. That's it. It's all caught up with me. All these seemingly what I would think is harmless things. I was literally not, you know, going around and, well, I was breaking anyone. the law because I wasn't went. paying my bills. Mm. Um, but I was doing it out of survival. And yeah. I was like, they're going to lock me up. And I think back, um, so that's nearly over 10 years ago now, I think it worked out a, one day in prison for every $100 you owe. Oh, um, wow. So I was, I was facing some serious time. <laughs> is, that, is that under Hollywood? <laughs> oh, it's, it's our system. Yeah. Our system's hopeless, seriously. So <laughs> luckily, um, I was 
you know, I was let off that day. I wasn't let off the bill, but I was put on a pretty severe payment plan and I didn't end up paying it off until I was 34. So bills from my early 20s. They were still following you around. followed me around and it was hell because it was nearly 100 grand in the end of oh. all these warrants. It's, a, it's again, but it went up to yeah. 100 grand. So a $3, one $3 trip can end up being 300 because all the police warrants that come along the way. and Just builds and builds. Oh, and and what's the relief when you finally paid it off? Like just... Oh, like the, the relief's still there today. Like I'm so triggered every time I, I go on the road now and I hear the beep. one beef. I'm like, oh, like, oh. still got money in the account. I'm going to yeah, afford just, to buy it. Like, yeah, yeah. Everybody else just drives down, doesn't think twice. Literally to this day, it's still like that. Just that feeling of like, oh yes, wow. just, Olivia. It's all good. T- oh, tell me, why didn't you give up? <laughs> you know like, what I mean? Because mo- most people, like, yeah, like, why'd you yeah, like, like it just sounds like there's been so many chances for you to go. You know what? Yeah. This ain't meant to happen. This is not meant to happen. This is not, not for me. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Olivia's yeah. not going to make it. I'm going to come back as a cat and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be I in mean, all- like, in all, so that's a pretty serious question, actually. Yeah, but for real. I think I am super, super grateful that mental health had not touched me. I don't know how. It hadn't touched me in my 20s. Um, but knowing what I know now about mental health, because it has touched me um, in a time where, it, I don't know, I would never have thought it would touch me. Had I have been going through this back then mm. I would have had to get help I would have had to I I would have had to hands up and everybody come salvos everyone just like I <laughs> yeah, yeah. honestly and I think that's the honest truth like I was just so lucky that I didn't have their mental health and like I really say that with a lot of respect because so many people listening to this will be going through mental health and I just want to remind people I'm still struggling with it today it's a daily thing for me my nails are blue because we're coming into mental health month mm. um, it's something that I take super seriously I'm a huge advocate for mental health but if you are going through anything like hard in your life, it doesn't have to be financial, it can be a breakup, grief, mm. whatever, COVID, like, and you've got mental health, please ask for help because I sit here telling you that honestly, I would have, if I had that in the mix too, like I, I would not have gone it alone. I, I couldn't have gone it alone because there would have only been two outcomes. And, and there's help out there these days. 10 yeah, years ago, 100%. it was a different time and there was a different stigma yeah. on, like know. postnatal depression. No one talked about it yeah, 20 yeah. years ago. I know I had it. That's mm. why I got myself in that situation I told you about before when I was young, like, because I was struggling and I was looking for escapism. Yeah. But no one, like what was postnatal? Yeah. I remember hearing a podcast and I was like, oh, mm. I think that's what happened to me all those years ago. That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. So, And especially yeah. coming out of the couple of years we've, we've we've had here in melbourne yeah i think um i think there's probably still some still a wave to come yeah because for sure. uh, there's a lot of people that battled through then and just be so gentle on yourself like that's the other thing with yeah. mental health that i want to remind myself even is that it's okay to not be okay like it sounds so cliche but it's okay for all of us mm. at times in our lives it might last a year it might last 10 years it may never go it's okay like it's it's just I actually think it's just part of our journey. It's part yep. of our evolution and and learning. But so. it's but it's probably being aware of it and letting yourself off the hook sometimes. Yeah, rather and than setting people, and share, yeah and, and sharing, like sharing it with it. other people yeah. so you don't have to keep this dark yeah. secret. You know, you know, like when people at work now like leading a team with mental health is particularly challenging for someone like me who isn't great asking for help. But I've really found that since COVID, people know my energy now. So it's a simple thing: cup of tea, turning, changing the music at work to mm. a more low vibe. You know calm if they're sensing that maybe I'm not really wanting to talk like obviously I'm having a great day today guys because because you're on the little fish pod yeah because like (laughs) if you got me here on a day where I was struggling silently because I'm obviously not going to come on here and Mm. say hey I'm having an internal panic attack you wouldn't get the same energy but my team read that or my family read that and they they support and I think yeah sharing that with people at home whether it's your partner or whatever they can just check in as well can't they 
run your bath. Yeah. Baths are heaven baths. for people. Oh, that oh, that's Do you have tools for that? Because I know for yeah. me, I lo- exercise is my tool, one yeah. of my major really tools. Really good for mental and health. And also I meditate. Yeah. So I find if I stop meditating, I am so short. I do. I, mean, I say it every day. <laughs> I know. It blows but, me away every time. But medit- I can't yeah. explain to everyone how good meditation yeah. is. Like I, I'm pretty um, highly strung, but when I meditate, I, I just Bring relax. You back down. And yeah. you, are out. you daily? Yeah, daily. Dead I used to be twice. Say I'm now daily. Just for, morning. for how long? Yeah. I'll be six months. No, yeah. no, no, like time, like how long are you minutes. meditating? I just yeah. do twenty. I think it's twenty-one minutes by the time you breathe and do everything, and that yeah. really helps me. Yeah. yeah. So that was my saviour in 2017 that I turned straight. I mean, my doctor suggested it as yeah. well, was um, meditate. I can't now. I It's become, it is, I don't just meditate. Meditating is like part of my life. I can't, yeah. you know, you saw before a crystal fell out of my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have tools. Um, yeah. Exercise, brilliant, because you actually need to, you need to move and then you need to, you know, it's hard as it is to, to exercise when you're feeling like that. Just get out, walk. Mm. I think our bodies, run. I think we're built to yeah. do that stuff you know yeah. we need it for that equilibrium and it's scientific I think it's scientifically proven uh, but don't quote me there <laughs> that you actually can live longer by meditating it does something to your DNA where it, it does something to your life someone explained to me a lot but I can't articulate it but apparently it makes you live longer yeah there you go. reading is a huge one so um, during COVID I, I struggled the worst with my anxiety um, and there's a book called Stop Playing Safe by an Aussie author. You should actually get her on your podcast. Yeah, we'll um, write that one, she's yeah. amazing. She lives in LA now, but she is brilliant and it's all about fear. Mm. Um, and really a lot of my anxiety is when I lose my sense of control and, and then I get really, like the fear comes out, like COVID. Yep. I just wanted to control everything about COVID. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to make sure you were safe, you were mm. safe, everyone. And I couldn't. And then my anxiety was like 10 out of 10. Yep. And this book just shifted everything for me. And now I just remember to remind myself just surrender kid like you don't yeah. you don't have to control everything yeah. so yeah it's a good it's a good reminder yeah but it's i think being lesson. a mum so young that that's probably again like <clears throat> i got myself into an unhealthy pattern of i'm responsible for her and it just became my daily like feeling like i was responsible for everything and yeah. i you know she's left home now she bought a house in covid um, yeah. when she turned 20 which was a really awesome. bizarre shout out the, What's your daughter's name? The same week that I gave birth to her at the same age she bought her first home. <laughs> wow. It was nuts. Wow. It was in Crazy. South Yarra. So That's cool. Kudos to her. What, what was her well name? Done. Georgia. Shout out, Georgia. That's so that amazing was, at 20. Yeah, now I'm like going through a, a new journey where I'm like, okay, I'm not yeah. responsible for her anymore. <laughs> Just like now it's time to chill. Yeah, yeah I've still yeah. got my son, so yeah. <laughs> let's not forget Otto. <laughs> yeah. it, must be, it must be cool though with that 19-year age difference as you've grown up that that – that, that gap sort yeah. of closes Co- and she yeah. becomes like my best friend your best mate yeah always been you shouldn't parent your kids like that but I always did <laughs> <laughs> it worked for me yeah yeah, yeah. awesome yeah. so you've gone through that struggle Benny said you've walked through fire mm. to get mm. to there now do we go to the the states where you mm. decided to go on your little uh, escapade yeah. is yeah. this after you've left Bonds, yeah, so or? I literally, um, so there was a bit of background there. I got a bit of workplace bullying, didn't love it. So I was like, I'm out. So that that was the other lesson for me. Like I'm like, take things into your own hands. Sometimes if you're, if things are happening, you know, in the corporate world or in any job, don't just wait for someone else to fix it. Just fix it yourself. And for me, that was just jumping. And I jumped straight from that job, straight onto a plane to America um, for five weeks. Mm, probably don't always give up your income when you're starting something. Like I've learned that. Like I'm, I'm like just <laughs> if you if you're not getting bullied and you can stay, keep your. That's income. what I was gonna say because it's it's great advice that like people that are getting bullied and then they feel trapped because you know maybe they haven't yeah finished school or they haven't got an education or whatever the case may be and they feel trapped because they've got responsibilities yeah so they need the money. 
but the place where they get the money from is where they're having a hard time. So it's, it's hard it's to hard you catch 22. And like full transparency, I'd been able to save by this stage because I'd obviously got rid of all my horrendous debts. So I, I had <laughs> money behind me. I had about mm, six yep. months worth of um, income. So that that was easy. Like I'm not going to sit here and say like just jump if you've got nothing. That's crazy. Mm. Don't Because do you've it. been through 12 years of trying to get out of debt. Yeah. Now you're in a nice cushy, or well, not cushy, nice <laughs> job that's yeah. paying well. Yeah. And, you, so, and you're still with the bullying. You said no. Nah. No, nah, out. Cut it. People thought I was nuts, but I was like, right, just out. I actually thought I was going to leave and start a food truck business. So again, yes. this is back in yeah. 2015. How um, big then? Acai bowls. Still are now. Like acai bowl. I've still got mm. my card. It's called Acai Bar. I was going <laughs> to Melbourne's <laughs> biggest food truck. I reckon I would have killed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know what a acai bowl is. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like a superfood bowl. And I still eat them. No idea. Well, what is it? It's okay. It's like yeah. a, a superfood berry, and they have like all these healthy things. I'm obsessed with the acai bowl. GSA's anyway, so I was going to do that. So I thought, right, I have to go to New York. It's the food truck capital of the world. I need to do my research because, again, my learning ground at Bonds. Do your research. Don't, you know, jump, but jump with a parachute. Mm. So I'll go to New York and I'll speak to all the food trucks. Well, forget it. Food trucks, you're up at 3 a.m. generate. Like it's hard <laughs> work. And I back then wasn't necessarily a morning person. I am now. I like to rise with the sun. Um, but back then I was like 3 a.m. nuts. Forget yeah. it. A lot of theft because it's a big cash business. I was like, oh, screw that. Not doing it. So out the window. So that's the other thing. Move on quickly. Just if the mm. idea sounds like it's too hard, move on. Um, and then I started exploring around, you know, other ideas in America. On the first night that I was there, I didn't know it at the time, um, but my pillowcase that I'd had since, you know, I was in my 20s, which that thing still cost me $100. It's still $100 today. That was a huge investment for me. Like I didn't have $100, but my hairdresser was like, you know, I always needed to look good because corporate, whatever, that's an expense and maybe you don't need to look that good. But back then I thought I did. <laughs> So this thing was supposed to save my hair and make it, you know, last. And it, and they do. Plug for pillowcases here. They do. Yes, of course they do. But I lost this thing and I was like, oh, it was so irritating because the housekeeping took it off. It was white. And I went down to the hotel and I was like, oh, could I get my pillowcase? And she's like, no, we send everything off here. Like, it's gone. Yeah. I was like, $100 pillowcase. Like, that, I was bleeding over that. Like, I didn't have $100 to throw around. <laughs> so I was looking around America. I was like, no, I couldn't find one in the shops anywhere in 2015. They in just, New York. In you New couldn't. York. Weren't, they just weren't a thing. Um didn't realize at the time, got back. There was a whole thing about homelessness that I shouldn't skim over. I'll get back to that. Came back, started researching, and I was like, oh, if I'm going to have to spend another $100 on this thing, I, I want to zip. Because the thing with silk pillowcases is they are slippery. They they are slippery. And it used to fall off my pillow, and aesthetically, it just doesn't look good. And there was none. So I was like, right, research, how to make – like, I love research. That's the other thing. Just research is your best friend if you want to build a business. Researching China, how is where is silk made China? How is it made? Blah, blah, How do you get to China? Oh, you need to be invited. You need a visa, blah, blah, blah. Three days later, was on a plane to China. And awesome. again, learned that from Bonds. Always do your research when dealing with factories. Um, and that's where that started. The other cool thing – oh, and then I gave myself six months, which leads into this story that we're going to get into of how I was going to sell silk pillowcases because people thought, why would you give up? I was on 210000 at Pack Brands. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to share that. but That's good. Um, that's, that's good, good bank. Yeah, it's a very I was young. Age. I was young. Mm, yeah. So plus bonuses and however else they want to work. It was a lot of money to give up for yeah. a young person. Mm. 100%. Um, but everyone's like, you gave up that income. Like I was finally comfortable mm. after a period of yeah. never having money. And they're like, and you're going to sell pillow, like, and silk pillow, you're absolutely insane. But I knew, I knew that there was something in it. Like I just believed and I was like, again, you know, the whole, that's where my ego, you, you're not going to make it and whatever. Why? I was like, I'm determined to make it. Um, the other part of the story that was cool is when I was in New, it's not cool, it was a bit sad. 
when I was in New York, it was one of those moments though where the two worlds of my idea started to merge together. There was a lady and her child at the front of this amazing hotel that were in in New York, homeless, like literally on the ground, like I said before, like living it really tough. My son was eight at the time, old soul, like I said before. He looked at me square in the eyes and he said, mom, why is that lady and her kid, why are they asleep on the ground? Mm. To, that was the only time in my life I've never been able to give my kids a straight answer. And I thought, well, it's not right. Like I don't have an answer and there's no, like there's nothing I can say that will change that. So what came out of me, it wasn't even, I don't know where it came from, but I said to him in that moment, mate, I promise you I'm going to build a brand and one day we're going to make a difference to that lady and her kid. Wow. And that was it. Now, I didn't know at mm. that time I hadn't pieced together the silk pill. I just made a commitment to him. And then when I got home and realised, you know what, this silk pillowcase thing's a thing, I'm going to merge the two and it's always going to be um, for a purpose. And the point why our brand is so hard to say, like, shh, because how it started in the early days is you used to get a little card in your order afterwards and it said, shh, we've got a secret to share with you. And we were doing stuff for the homeless. So it talked about all mm. the homeless, we are giving yep. and, and giving is underpins everything our brand does. And, and that's also why we got, um, we're going to get into this story, so much help from the Kardashians. It's actually because of that story wow. and our commitment to giving back. So it's not just because I was a crazy lady that, <laughs> that did the crazy thing that we're going to get into, but it's because yeah. I made a commitment to them as well that if they help me, I would pay it forward. And I've stood firm on that and, and will forevermore. And that's because that's the thing, like we're, you know, doing the research, Kardashians, how do you get under their nose yeah. how do you appeal to them because they're just they'd have the mega brands across the world getting paid millions to yeah you know to, for, for them to back them so how did yeah, little old was, olivia, olivia car get yeah get, get, can i just ask so we've, we've come up with the idea we're in china yeah so you bought it back to australia yep sampled it done the whole thing i mean silk is silk you don't need to actually do anything to it on it's it's raw it's the the actual properties of silk is what the the benefits are so it's not like a, it's not a hard product to make so for those that want to make one i'd say go for it it's a super competitive market now there's over 300 brands in the last um five years have popped up were you one of the originals yeah there was about five of us at five? the beginning yep. mm -hmm. um but yeah i decided i was going to do it i'd come up with the name and whatever and then of course the next thing is right how because uh, i placed the order i'd backed myself used all of my savings a bit of a mistake there i like put all of my savings into stock which left me nothing for marketing mm -hmm. and when you're an online brand marketing is like your number one and I just again I I didn't structure things out too well <laughs> in the early days but luckily I'm a dreamer and I was like right I've watched the Kardashians since season one these girls love silk you know Kim had up you could google her she used to walk around the airport carrying her homemade silk pillowcase it looked bloody terrible. Like it's, I was like, I'm, I, I'm doing her a service by giving yeah. her my, like I genuinely was like- Giving her quality. Like when I was five and making perfume, like she's gonna love it. Like I'm doing this for her. Mm. Like she's gonna, and she, she did actually love it. Um, but I was like, she needs, you know, she needs a better pillowcase than that. So I thought to myself, well, I'll give myself six months cause I had about six months worth of money and I will get the Kardashians to use, to share, to whatever. If it doesn't work, then I'll just go get a job. Like that was literally my plan. Needless to say, everyone, you guys probably think it's insane as well. Like everyone thought, okay, cool. That's actually insane. Like you're going, how are you going without yeah, money? How? That's what I'm thinking. And it was about the same time where Bondi Sands, love Bondi Sands, another Aussie brand. They had just reportedly paid, I think it was Kylie Jenner, a million dollars for one Instagram post. Oof. One, and I was like, so people were also like, and you're going to do this with zero marketing spend. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Cause that's the only option I have. So literally bought a ticket um, to LA, really knew nothing about 
celebrity lifestyle in LA, which is yeah. probably a good thing. Um, <laughs> bought my ticket, got over there, hired a car. I knew the address. People, it's the number one question they ask. And the address was because I was going to Chris Jenner's, what I thought was her work address. It was Card Jenner. She still has that Card Jenner communications. So I was like, oh, it's respectful. I'll turn up to her workplace and I'll give, you know, I'll give it to her because she'll share it with the kids and whatever. And you just <laughs> thought you'd walk straight in and. Genuinely. It was just like. Knock, knock on the door. Yeah. Live. <laughs> <laughs> here to see you. Yeah, here to see you. Yeah. That's where my real estate, I think my real estate years really served me the well. Old door like, knocking. Yeah, 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 good work. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, just give it a go. That's genuinely as much as I thought into it. I'm just going to do that. Mm. What I didn't realize, because the show's six months behind as well. So what I didn't realize is where her work premises is, is actually in a, in their residential, one of their residential <laughs> homes. And it's in a locked estate, like a yeah. hardcore, we don't yeah. even have them in Australia, like a full <clears throat> hardcore. Gated community. Yeah, gated community. Anyway, got there, um, turned up to the address in this hire car, then see obviously the you know, the building and the gates and the security and the security guards. And I'm thinking, oh, mm. this wasn't in the plan. Yeah. <laughs> what now? Yeah. Literally just landed this morning from LA and this is not what the plan was. So without thinking, I don't know, some higher being came over me and I was like, right, the acting maybe came in and I was just like, just improv, just mm. improvise, get up. pulled up to the gate. Who are you here to see? I'm here to see Kajian. I communicate. I've got, I've got an appointment. Got an appointment. Like that part, you know, you've, you've got to sort of. Wow. you got to sell it. <laughs> so so you, you, owned it. you owned it. Yeah. 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 Then he goes, hand over your ID. And I'm like, well, at this point, it's an Aussie ID. I'm in trouble. Right? Yeah. It's an Aussie ID. <laughs> I've got a higher sticker car thing on. The navigator's going. <laughs> hand over my ID. Looks at me. But I'm just like poker face. Like just, you know, cool. Like who, yeah. who's turning up saying this? No one. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, right, you know where you're going? Yep, know where I'm going. I'm thinking, please, <laughs> navigator, please don't say, like, turn right, turn, like, don't blow my cover. Anyway, he's like, right, opens the boom gate. Now, at that wow. point, I'm freaking out because I'm thinking, okay, at this point, it's starting to take it. I, I just actually lied. I did lie, but I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And I'm in, and now I'm thinking, what do I do now? Like, do I, do I actually go there? Do I turn around? No, I, I'm here. I'm just going to go there. So... It felt weird because you're now turning up to someone's doorstep. Like I wouldn't turn up to your doorstep, your doorstep. Like a personal home is like probably where the boundary is for mm. me, except I did try and get into one of the Hemsworth in Byron a couple of <laughs> years ago. But, uh, it's usually out of bounds for me. <laughs> yeah. um, and then anyway, as it turns out, I get to this address and it's bloody do not cross because she's renovating her driveway. So I'm like, well, here's another sign. Get out, kid, oh, get, yeah. get out. Yeah. But... I got so overwhelmed because as I turned up at this time, I'm not a car person, but there were two Rolls Royce and they were pimped out completely matte black, matte, I've never seen a car like this. And I was just like, whoa, that's not Christiana's cars. Like who is here? Like mm. who's in this? And like the intrigue, I was just lured into this, like you've got to find out. But then there's this literal tape, do not cross. And I'm thinking, oh my God. So I'm idling for what felt like forever. It would have been 15 seconds. And I'm a huge believer in the universe. And obviously I'm like, you know, just help. Like I need to get in there. And a UPS brown truck turned up to deliver a box at that exact moment to that exact house. And I was like, well, if he crosses, I'm crossing. Yeah. So of course he's going to cross because, you know, he's the mm. UPS guy. Yeah. So he just crosses. I leave the car running. I take my box. He goes up, presses the doorbell. By this stage, I can hear voices coming to the door. I didn't, that's the one thing, I didn't stay till they opened the door. I, he put his box down. I put my box down. I thought, all right, I better get out now. 
as it turns out, I later found out that they can shoot to protect over there. I would have, oh. I would have been in all sorts of trouble, especially because I found out later I googled those cars and it was Kanye and Kim because they were living there at the time. So I'm thinking I'm dropping these things off to Kim's, uh, to Chris's work address, and here I am, Kim and Kanye and Chris living in their locked in estate. How the, one, how did you get in, and what are you doing here? Yeah. I reckon Kanye would have like pinned me down. I, yeah. I was just like, anyway, so. That was the start of what has been now a seven-year relationship because it turns out Kim loved the pillowcases. Um, there's a lot more to that story that we won't go into today, but she loved them. Um, she engaged with us um, and got us to do like a giveaway to, at the time, they used to have apps and websites and yeah. that was the start of it. Um, and then inside the box, which is a, a big thing, was it my story. So yeah, the story right. I've shared it's, with you It guys. sounds like that's what cut through. Yeah, so yeah. I just was so handwritten, four pages, mm. who does that as well? Like, yeah. that's my other thing to, to people. You're not going to turn up on someone's doorstep, but if you want to know how to get your product in the hands of, you know, I don't know, anywhere, you need to be authentic. You need to share your mm. story. You need to tell them why, what you're doing, why I was there. And I, I asked them, that was what I said before, I asked them to help me so I could help others. I shared the whole story and wow. it obviously resonated and, and they're still working with us today, which is pretty cool. Yeah, That's amazing. Cool. Don't be better, be different, Benny. Spot on. That's all. But don't wild. break the law. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, like, <laughs> oh, listen, I think, I think there's reason, you know. Like, yeah, you, I mean. You've got to take risks. There's a bit of grey you can play from yeah, yeah, time and, to time. Yeah. Like, obviously Kim had a horrific um, experience in Paris a couple of years after that where she got held mm. hostage and that was full on and I will say I would never have done what I did if that situation because I would never want to put someone in a yeah, like, yeah. I just wouldn't want to impose on someone's yeah. like, personal space but I went into it genuinely thinking I, I think your intentions were yeah. pretty good yeah, but yeah. then I just got swept away and lost in the moment how long did it take for um, once you dropped it You've gone all the way over to the States, yeah. hired the car, and then you may never hear from him ever yeah, again. So, so how, that was yeah. January 6, 2016, and it was in April. So in April, they then got back to us. So And you'd probably forgotten and thought, okay, oh, that's, no, that's don't forget that, Benny. No. Surely I not. No, I, mean, I, mean, I don't mean like forgotten that you've done it, but more like you've let it go and you've gone, that's not well, going to... Or you're hanging no. on. No. So still today, what we do when we do things not as crazy as that is we then like fully like watch everything. So I was checking their Twitter because mm. I knew they probably wouldn't share, but what I might get is a snippet of it on her bed. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I just need to know that she's using it. And I would watch every day on every single platform. It became very consuming because I had to do it for all the girls um, but in the end it was that they contacted and they, she couldn't use them because I dropped off Queen and of course she slept on King so her oh. first contact was hey I'd really love some of your pillowcases but can I have them in King which we didn't even sell at the time because mm. I didn't think about it and can I have my name monogrammed and so we were also the first to start monogramming silk pillowcase and that's where that started and that's kind of how it started. So and that was her idea then? Yeah, so thanks, Kimmy K. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that shows the value of authenticity and doing good things in the world because what was it? Someone, another brand paid a million dollars to get a mm. post. Yeah. Whereas you create your own you create, luck. You create yeah. your own luck, whatever it takes. Opportunity. Yeah, yeah not yeah. luck. There's no luck. There's no luck. Yeah, well- Only you, where you're born and then you make yeah, the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's an incredible story yeah, when you go right into it. It's a big it. story. Sorry. So, no, no, it's yeah. an awesome story. But it's, and when they contacted sorry, sorry, no, no, no. contact it, was it via Insta or was it an email or a phone yeah, call? Yeah, it was or email. So initially how they then did it is they went through like you should, the, the proper way. So they got their PR yeah. team to then contact us and it all came through them. And then over the years, it's been from their PR team, which is, I guess, the most outside relationship you can have. And it's usually a paid one. To them, we got onto their assistant. The first time their assistant emailed, I was like, oh, this is a scam. As if, you know, and I love this guy, Michael, and I won't give his email address, but he doesn't work for <laughs> anymore. But I was like, nah, that's a scam. As if he's emailing us. Like, as if he's emailing, I'm like, nah, LinkedIn him. I was like, 
oh my oh. god it's actually his assistant crap better write back because i was a bit abrupt on the email like yeah, yeah sure yeah. as if she really because she was doing an apartment in new york and she wanted to pimp them out in the pillowcases and i was like no nah, this is a scam someone's just trying to get us for not nah, sure enough she actually did and then it starts and once you're in directly with the assistants which is who we mainly work with now you have to cherish them like they yeah. are your yeah they are your most important contact to be honest because they're your gatekeeper they're the one that can either grow your relationship with a celebrity yeah. or they can cut you so you have to you know like things like babies being born send the, the assistance gifts birthdays mm. like and genuine like genuinely like yeah yeah and that's what we're really good at it's all the outside of our brand moments that we do really well like the surprise gifting for every occasion that you like you did today Liv yeah like yeah. we did today but not always our product so uh, usually yeah, like gotcha. for other moments it's like you know with the assistants like really getting to know what style their house is and then finding right. something super yeah. cool and then yeah, yeah super super thoughtful yeah. yeah and like that brings them a moment of joy like it's yeah. my job to make them have an amazing experience interacting with me. Yeah. And then the brand is secondary. Like it's, at the end of the day, it's a pillowcase. Great right? advice. Like, yeah. 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 So when Kim gets the um, personalised um, pillows cases, what, yeah. what what does she do now? Does she post that on Instagram or what, yeah, is, what so happens? Yeah, so now she starts carrying that around the airport and it's like, oh, oh yes. So, and so everyone else is taking all the photos yeah, and, and it's going it's, in the magazine. Are people yeah. making the connection that it's silk? No, so at that point, that's where as a brand, you then either are really good at PR and you can like quickly contact all the editors and sell the story yourself or you get a PR agent. So it's your job to kind of find all that content, get it as quickly as in the minute to a PR agency or a publicist and get them to share the story, which is sort of what we had to do. Um, but when she did the the giveaway on her um, website, well, then you're getting all of her traffic. Like these wow. people got millions. So then they're finding out about your brand. That was just a super amazing. That's when we grew, wow. when, when she did that. And how what? close were we to running out of that six-month limit that you said you'd give yourself? I think I'd forgotten about that. Uh -huh. The minute I landed in, I was like, I'm never giving up on this dream. Really? <laughs> like, I'll just have to keep coming back Figure every six out. months until I can work out how to get on the show. And what yeah. did uh, what did that do for the business? Because it reminds me of our friend Kate Save. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting that exposure. Yeah. And then what did it do to the old website? But, but that was and that was just on network TV here in Australia, yeah. and that blew her business up. So I can't yeah. imagine the biggest what, person probably in the world most you know recognised millions and millions yeah. of followers. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for us. So we went from it being my daughter and I. We were in our home office. So like it was wild. The first like year, it was just us at home, and like you know, I, I got letters in the mail to my personal home from Chloe thanking me for products and stuff in that year that wow. year was insane <laughs> and it then got us over about a year and a half we then had a team of 11 um which is actually quite big for like a tiny brand back then an e-commerce brand um but it got us it opened doors like you know relationships with beverly hills hotel that we're still with now um just our partnerships over the world 65 countries like it was insane like things were different in 2016 like mm. i feel like the whole platform was very different paid traffic was so much cheap like the whole landscape was way different in the early days the social media side yeah. yeah and then now it's about us actually it's the opposite we've like our product range has grown like we had four products at that time we've now got 250 plus products but now it's about us scaling our operation back because being lean and being resourceful and sustainable Agile. and made to order and all like mm. and that's where i said before like i got trapped in this like ego for a bit where i was like oh my god we should go really big and i was like no no that's against everything i stand for like we don't want to produce more waste like these products that we sell you're supposed to keep for a lifetime yeah so i then it took me a few years to come back down to to ground myself yeah. to be honest because i did get lost in that like i did like I, I got swept up in it and now it's like we're a very 
calm, balanced. Mm. That's an that's an interesting point that yeah that yeah that when you buy these pillowcases that they are lifetime yeah. or they're meant to have for a lifetime they probably come like kin carrying those around the airport yeah. they become really close to you Part sort of, of thing yeah did you was that ever a concern as a business because most um you could take that on thinking of kate so take that on shark tank and they might go yeah i don't know man we need to figure where's, out a way where, where's where this- the turnover yeah yeah where's the turnover <laughs> yeah 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 like, so that-, that is interesting because covid really gave us like a really good insight into what our like now I'm getting technical, customer lifetime value, repeat purchase, whatever. Like we've got customers who buy from us on average between 12 to 15 times a year because once they love us, one, they buy it for, it becomes everyone's oh, present. Yeah. It's a wedding present. It's the birthday like present. Four it's rooms the, in a house, four yeah. beds. Joe's it. You know, and mm-hmm. originally it was just pillowcases, but now we sell anything you can think of in silk, we sell yeah. it. You know, the world's only shower cap lined with silk to stop your hair fluffing in the shit. Like oh, wow. we have so much that wow. I think we've grown with the customer. Yeah. So no, because it's very, and if they're only buying those from us once, lines. I'd be worried. Yeah. It's like, well, we must've done something wrong because yeah. like customers love us. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, we haven't. There's enough to go around. It sounds like yeah. expanding the line as well, giving them reasons to yeah. come back. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. I'm blown. I'm blown yeah. away. Like, well, again, I just want to point out that the resilience, like all like I just keep hearing that, you know, you've had to literally walk through the fire and that yeah. resilience is just not going to give up. Like mm. nothing's going to stop you. And that's what we try and get across here each week on the podcast for mm-hmm. the people out there that are too scared or, or that should step off the line and maybe haven't. Yeah. That, you know, what what was the quote again before? Uh, the fears of freedom. freedom. Yeah, freedom is on the other side of fear. And it's mm. just get out there and have a crack. Yeah. 200 grand a year income and then just leave it yeah and it took and that's the other thing it took me i didn't pay myself for four and a half years so that was hard Uh, i lost all sense of my own self-worth so i think what on the back of that like that's that's the pinnacle story like our brand that's you're not going to beat a story like that and that's where i talk about like that's the highs like that's Mm. and they should be celebrated and they should be owned but they're like the less than one percenters like you know on that point even with all that stuff happening the team grew our product grew i was shrinking I was mm. becoming like, you know, I didn't pay myself. Like I said before, there was this whole like imposter syndrome where mm. I was trying to present one thing to the world. And there are elements of it where, I mean, that is amazing. Your brand is cool if you've nailed it with, you know, that family. So that part is true. But what people expected was that they were meeting Olivia, the founder of probably a $50 million business. Mm. And it just wasn't the case. Like, mm. you know, our business didn't make profit until t- the year of 2020, like that financial year. And then things took a huge turn when COVID hit because we're in the luxury space. Mm. And, you know, there was no job so keeper. just as you hit profit. Just as we, yeah. And, and then the reality, you know, I just started paying myself. And then COVID hit. We had our first three, 27th of March. I put up a post on my LinkedIn and showed, like, this is where I am super raw and super open. Yeah. I shared our business bank account. We'd gone into debit 900 and, 900 and something dollars. First time in the history, there was no surplus because I was running this business pretty much like to a T. I knew what I like. There was no, you know, and three days of no sales, that'll that'll kill, you you know, your month's worth of wages or what like what you would lose in three days when our business was at that point. Mm. Everything dried up. The international website, nothing, not one sale. And I thought, oh my God. This is real. It broke me. I got onto Instagram. I, I shared it with everyone. I told them, I showed them our, our Shopify store. I said, this is what's happened. You know, we're in a pandemic. No one knew what was going on as well. But I also, at that time, it was really conflicting because I was like, we're about to close. Like we literally had, I reckon we had about six weeks because we had some money owing to us from wholesalers. 
and I went out with the, the honest truth and I said, I reckon we've got six weeks left. None of us know what's going on in the world. This is just what's happened to us. There were other businesses that I knew of that were closing at that time in March, 2020 as well, that didn't know or understand cash flow, and I didn't. Mm. Um, and it was a huge lesson. And then I said to them, but I don't want you spending $100 on a pillowcase to save us. Like, please use it for your, for your family, feed them. We were trying to do whatever we could to help others. We shut off all our digital ad spend, like, and the outpouring of support that we got from our customers, they are like, to this day, like we received donuts, flowers, wine, cards, so wow. much stuff. Not only did we receive gifts to the office from genuine, like loyal customers who buy from us, they started just buying whatever they could. Like yeah. just stuff I'm like, I know she she wouldn't want that. She yeah, never yeah. buys that. Like what are they? And it just literally turned our bit. So within six weeks, we started like the boom. It And then of course, silk masks came in. We had all this fabric. And I was like, I'm just going to make masks. Wow. Saved our, like, I'm not yeah. an advocate for masks, but we did. It saved, and our business completely turned around. Yeah. And it's because for four and a half years, we had paid it forward and our customers have been on the journey. They've seen all the giving we do. Yeah. And we were getting letters saying, now it's your turn. Now it's wow. your turn to receive it. And the business, I am happy to say, has never been in a more healthy cash flow position than today. Than today. The power of and authenticity. And I pay myself and wow. I'm building a house and buying Bring it on. But, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but being real and showing everyone out in the world that you were, you know, the business was struggling because oh, of the pandemic. Hard. Yeah. That's 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 a big. Who yeah. would I, like? Well, I don't think I'd want to do that. But that's an yeah. ego thing, isn't it? Swallowing yeah. your pride and go, you know yeah. what, man, this is this is what this it is real. Is. Yeah. This is what's and happening. And that's where when you said before, how did I keep going or why did I keep going? That was my moment where I did surrender. I literally got on Instagram Live, cried, shared everything. Last bit. To, you know, put my hands up and said, guys, I I actually couldn't go on. Like I genuinely mm. couldn't go on. And but I'd made peace with you know the pandemic is bigger than me. And this is it. Like, and yeah. I just want to thank everyone. Oh, I had the same moment in yeah. that March when we were driving home and me and Pete are in business together. And look, maybe we'll tell our story one day. Mad respect for all the honesty and stuff. Yeah. I just don't know if I could be that brave. Yeah. The, the, the transparency that yeah. Yeah, you've shown throughout your journeys yeah. is, it's a big deal. Yeah, I reckon. And that's why I would say like to any business that's still doing it tough now, because mm. it is it is still tough. If you can afford, like I'm okay if you give up because it's not actually giving up when we've just been through what we've been through. But if there is anything in you that you can slightly do different, if anyone wants to work out, like I'm so happy for anyone to DM me and ask specifically how I was able to start accruing cash. And I share, like honestly, in those first days, if I had $3 left in the business bank account, I'd, what I did is I opened up a separate bank account and anything that was left outside of our fixed expenses, I cut all the unnecessary, like super super like vigilant i didn't have a choice not no, mm. there was no niceties no more staff snacks for a little bit of time and whatever everything got cut and if there was three dollars excess i'm not joking three dollars i would move into that spare account the next day it might be a hundred the next day it was and before i knew it we had six months of fixed expenses in that you know it took a little bit of time but i still do that now and my daughter yeah. runs our accounting team and it's like every day we empty it because i've just learned that you can't be comfortable you cannot be comfortable with cash flow. You have yeah. to, it's not tight. It's not about being tight, but you have to act as if there is always a rainy you day coming. You need to coming. appreciate it, there's, yeah. There's some, if it's not a pandemic, something else might happen. And it's, and it's a discipline, isn't it? Like yeah. you said, not the $3 doesn't mean much, but yeah. it's more the discipline. It's more the act itself. Yeah, and even yeah. if you don't have a business, like mm. personally, I did this myself as well. <laughs> That's how like I went from pretty much myself having nothing to like I share with my clients, coaching clients now like I show them and I show them how I structure everything you've got to do it in your personal life like I say to my sister all the time like have an emergency fund mm -hmm. like yep. they talk about it but like this is how you do it 
$1.50. It doesn't matter because the feeling of having an extra dollar today than you had yesterday mm. is so empowering. Yeah. And so, things always happen. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's oh. my rant on financial nah, we're empowerment. More we're big on that. We have about five or six different accounts and the gooch is what we call that one. Get yeah. out of jail yeah. account. It's so- and it's just a pot of money there just for who knows what it might be. I remember yeah. a few years ago, one of the dogs we thought may have had cancer. Yeah. Better do open surgery, bang, we had the money. I mean, great book, Barefoot Investor. He talks about this. It's kind of, that's the model, but he doesn't actually say pull out a dollar. Like I am literally like every excess, like cup of coffee. Do you really need it? Because that $4 could go in that account and it'll make you feel so much better than the hit you get from the coffee, mm. having an extra $4 today. Because $4 <laughs> does grow to eight. It quickly grows to 30. It quickly grows to 200. Once you've got $1,000 that you didn't have, man, you'll be you'll be feeling so good that you'll just want to keep going. Yeah, nice. So and Olivia, I'm curious, did you learn this because of the cash flow yeah. of the, pan yeah, the, that, the pandemic? That was, That's when you learned. Yeah, because ultimately we were only closing. I mean, the pandemic was the pandemic, but the only reason we would have closed in comparison to the brand next to us is that I didn't realise cash, cash flow. flow. Yeah, when, when we had just remember Scott Didier yeah. on here, he's an absolute weapon businessman. Um, that's what he, he he was big on, which was cash flow. And me and Pete had a couple of those early lessons as well in our business. I think when you come in as an entrepreneur or you come in as a business, the last thing you think it's easy to get caught, especially you, you you've got the Kardashians and you're making sales, yeah. but it doesn't matter because mm. if you don't have cash and can't keep the lights on, then it doesn't matter. So yeah it's, yeah, it's it's a good one for the people at home to be super aware, whether personally or in business, cash, you need yeah, cash. Cash is king. Yep. Mm. Yep. This has been awesome, Olivia. Like we've got a couple more like you've touched on. We ask one question yep. to our guest each time. Just for the audience, what piece of advice would you give them if they're looking to step off the line, mm. start that business or or take that leap out into the world, out of the corporate space? What advice would you would you give our audience? I mean, there's so much, but I'll try and give them like <laughs> oh, no, more there's tangible. There's been, been heaps down, over the last down the hour. Barrel, so. Down the barrel, <laughs> yeah. down the barrel. Um, there has been, there is so much I could say, but I'm such a like tactical person that I think the first thing is you have to, like I said before, the ego's got to go. So I would actually get real and ask yourself why you're starting this business, why you're starting this brand and what your goals are. So I said before, like I did start and I went out to the media saying 50 million, that's, and what I soon realized, one, that was an expensive goal to have, but it didn't mean anything. It didn't pay me a wage. So I would say a lot of people that I come across, especially in e-commerce, they start brands because they want to be part of what they think this cool e-commerce club is. And it's not that cool. If you want to be a cool kid in this club, I would say start a business with a product that is one, sustainable for the planet. Like we don't need more waste, um, but that you can literally have money in your bank account at the end of the day. So something that you genuinely know is very quickly going to turn into money and it's not going to be a money like eater, which is, um, yeah, that's what I'd say. Good advice. Right. Now, advice. now I've got one more. I'm going to be a little bit greedy because I'm a big quote guy. Yeah. I'd probably like Dan, I'd, you know, I'd take the short version of the audio book generally and I, I take the quotes and that's yeah. what I sort of live by. I sort of go, oh, that makes sense and figure that out. He does. He loves quotes. He uh, just struggles to say yeah, them. He doesn't <laughs> think, doesn't but he does love quotes. No, I do. I do. And I've pulled out a couple of that I've heard yeah. of yours over the journey, which I reckon are absolute belters. What's your favourite quote? What do, yeah, have, you, have you got a quote that, you know? I mean, there's one on our website that talks about like giving, That's but that's going to sound cliche, so I won't. Winston Churchill, but you can have a look. But, <laughs> um, but the one I live my life by yep. is always say yes and work out the how later. Mm -hmm. ah, so, you, 
So you just need to know you're going. You don't have to know how you're going to get yeah. there. I mean, like, take this podcast. I'm not even joking. Like I said, I mean, coming on as a female with three guys that you don't know, like, <laughs> yeah, you don't, yeah. I, I don't know. There's no connection here. Yeah. It would have been really easy for me to just be like, oh, no, I'm busy. Mm. Yep. But I was like, I'm just going to say yes, because you know what? You don't know what will come out of it. And like I said before, what's already come out of it is a coffee catch up with one of your former guests, Kate, because now we could say, hey, I was on that. Like, there's always opportunity if you're willing to put yourself out there. So just yeah. say yes. Yeah. And if it comes to business, if an opportunity comes up and you think, I don't have the cash now, or whatever, I would say, just say yes and work out the how later. Figure nice. it out. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I just quick on that. I just reckon, um, Olivia, your why is the main thing for your business. You're doing this to help the homeless. Yeah, and I think that why is always going to drive you guys to the stars. Yeah. I reckon, which was which driven by huge. something Some, that was mm. that happened to you growing yeah. up. Yeah, which yeah. is which is crazy. huge, mm. amazing. I'm just just on closing. I know it's close to your heart, Olivia. Just the mental health side yeah. of things that I know. You know, you yeah. spoke about going into some you know some dark times through the pandemic. If you know, there's people out there that are the that would be going through the same stuff. I know. Yeah. I know you wanted to just say a couple of words about you know speak to people. Yeah. You know, just double down on that for us. Yeah, and I'm probably going to start by saying so. Anxiety first entered my life in 2017, sort of out of the blue. I was coming back from a flight in LA and I thought I was having a heart attack with my two kids. Genuinely thought I was having a heart attack. I've since learnt that is a panic attack. <laughs> um, that was frightening. Went straight to the doctor. So the first thing is if you are experiencing, because often when we start feeling mental health symptoms, we actually don't know what they are. So I would say, you know your body. If something's not right, just go and speak to someone first and foremost. Like mm. that, that is, I'm big on that. Second to that is it's taken me a long time to, uh, like, I don't like to feel defeated. I don't like to feel like something is defeating me. And for a long time, I felt like mental health was defeating me and I would always resist it. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm having, you know, and, and for anyone that's going through, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. The, the physical feeling that you get when you're struggling with mental health, it's debilitating. And if you have to be a high functioning person, so I'm a high functioning anxiety sufferer. Um, you often feel like you need to put on this facade and not, not let people in and that can actually make the whole mental health worse. It did take me until December last year. Um, everybody else was coming out of lockdown and I actually have a, a, a blog called spiritualgirlboss.com.au and I have a beautifully written, um, I am writing a book, but there's oh. a beautiful piece in there where I talk about re-emerging after COVID. That's when I had the bravery to speak up because I watched what I call you know, everybody else coming out of their cocoons and spreading their wings and enjoying life again, meeting family. And I was stuck inside my cocoon. My wings felt broken. And I was like, I want to be out flying with them. I want to be out and I, what's going on. And it was really scary. Yeah. Um, and it was at that point that I realized, you know what, I need to tell people I'm struggling. Mm. And I started telling people closest to me. First of all, I spoke to my doctor. Uh, I went into an online, I'm going to give them a shout out. Um, it's called Mirror. It's an online psychology. They're open every night until 11. You can literally get online today and We'll link, it. yeah, we'll link, link that in the description. My, my Mirror. My um, Mirror. And we'll also link that blog post yeah, that you were just because referencing. Because psychology services are so hard to come by right now in Australia. Mm. Like you can get a mental health plan and then you're the six month wait to see someone. Yeah. This service, I can get on leaving this room and feel a bit flat and I can book in within an hour. Um, so I, I reached out, got help, started telling people and then... I mean, I'm not expecting everyone else to do this, but then I started sharing my story. I started getting on stage and talking about mental health and it's it's what it's done is it's given me my power back. Yeah. So that has helped my anxiety because now I'm in control. The more I talk about, well, that might not be true, but the more I talk about it, I feel like I'm in control and it's no longer controlling me. Whereas when I was at home, not exercising, 
pretending I was a bit tired, watching Netflix, really escaping, it wasn't helpful. Mm. So, yeah. Great, guys. Yeah. yeah. Talk to people. Yeah, talk yeah, to did your you, friends. Did you, just one more, Dilla, did you find it difficult once you started to share your story? Like how hard was it to, yeah, take, like to, I was to take that? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like I'll, I'll be completely honest. I haven't told my story before and we've spoken about whether we're going to tell our stories and stuff. And, and I've got like... I'm kind of like you. Like yeah. I've got some secrets in there, yeah. you know what I mean? That I want to keep and shit that I'm not proud of for sure, hundred yeah. percent. Like, and I'm I've struggled. Like I don't know if I could do that. Like even sitting here now, and I and I can see how powerful it is for the people at home to yeah. listen. But nothing but mad respect for you because like we can tell that it's full open book. Yeah. And the people out there, even me, like I'm learning now. Going, maybe you can I mean, do yeah. it. Surely I can do it because for me it's like embarrassment. It's shame. It's trying it's, to like I'm not that person anymore so yeah. I don't want to be portrayed as that person does that make Which sense then like, comes back to I've touched on it so much today it's and I say this with like love it is our own ego so I felt embarrassed because it was my ego making me feel embarrassed no one I told had any shame or judgment everyone wanted to to be there like it's it's yourself that's feeling that no one will feel embarrassment for you no one will feel shame for you no one will feel anything but love and that to me was the game changer like that the minute I yeah. cracked my because I'm like a pretty close like I used to have a nickname the ice maiden like I can be pretty cold <laughs> underneath it's a protection mechanism yeah. right I don't mm. like to let people in the minute I started melting and just you know it was honestly it was a game changer for my mental health so, crazy value in yeah. that absolutely yeah. crazy value thanks yeah. Olivia thanks for your time today thank you Beautiful, guys. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for viewing. However you're consuming us, please share that with anyone who's going to get value out of that. There's so much gold in that. Like, share, subscribe. We'll see you at the top. Legend. Wow. Thank you, Olivia. It's so hot in here. Yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs>